and welcome to Upstaged, your weekly dose of theatre news and reviews. I'm Rachel. And I'm Abby. This week we've got quite a lot of good theatre news for you. We've got a review of Fun Home, which we saw at the Young Vic, and we've got the end of the 1960s in our musical decade series. So let's get to it. The first bit of news is obviously the biggest musical news, I think, of the decade. At least. Um, Maybe of all time. Quite possibly. And it's the the first lot of casting has been announced for the Cats movie. And I really think if you asked anyone a couple of weeks ago, these are not the names I was not, that would I have. I must say, I was stunned. I was so shocked, I immediately had to tell my whole office. Yep. I had to announce it to the room. So, Taylor Swift, James Corden, Jennifer Hudson and Ian McKellen are joining Tom Hooper's film version of Cats. Like, James Corden, I can sort of, like that, I mean, he did Into the Woods, he was good in Into the Woods, he liked to sing songs, we know that. I can yeah. see him in it. You know, Jennifer Hudson, she did Dreamgirls, she's a movie musical kind of gal. Ian McKellen? I just can't Ian imagine McKellen Ian McKellen in a cat dressed suit up as a cat. With like, I'm not sure I can imagine Jennifer Hudson I can as imagine a cat. Jennifer Hudson dressed up as a cat, but I cannot imagine her in the movie Cats. But all she's going to need to do is come on Sing Memory and go. She's Grizabella. Oh, do we know who's who? We only know that Jennifer Hudson is Grisabella. Right. The rest, their roles are under wraps. Do you think Taylor, Taylor Swift's going to be Jenny Any Dots? I don't know any of the characters from Cats, so... I'm, I'm not sure with Taylor Swift. I feel like Ian McKellen's got to be Gus. You know what? I don't mind what role any of them play. I'm quite happy to see them... I can't believe this I is can't, happening. I cannot believe it. And, and you know what? I didn't care about this film you at all. You did care. I mean, I cared because it was Cats, but I, I did But now I'm like, who are they going to cast the rest? Like, for Rum Tum Tugger, are they going to cast, like, fucking Harry Styles? Like, are they going to cast, like, a massive name who everyone finds really attractive and then it's going to, like... The, like, to Rum Tum Tugger, that is, like... Without wanting to say the weirdest sentence I've ever said on this podcast, it's like the sexy cat. So, like... <laughs> I said um, it. She said it now. I said it. We learned There's no going things. back. Yep. But, but today. you know. Um, I but they just also need to be able to dance. furious that I'm going to have to go and see it now. Just I mean, for the sheer hilarity of it. I'm just upset that it's not already here. I was planning to but I can't, can't ignore now. this cast. I mean, I like Taylor Swift a lot. They're not going to let you ignore this. I, I mean, think I think Jennifer Hudson's caliber. I mean, it will be incredible. Should we just pick random people? Who do you, who do you want it? Pick, pick a couple of people. Beyonce, she could be there. Lady Gaga would probably do it. Oh, she'd be quite good. Mm. She she has some cat-like movements. Disappointed they haven't cast Susan Boyle as Grizabella after her fantastic mm, turn. Obviously, memory. she is mm. the finest singer like of our her age. like her song now. What is she doing these days? I mean, thankfully, not singing anymore. Oh. Oh. She can't really sing, though, could she? She did well. For a large Scottish woman. She only did well because we all thought she'd be horrendous. Yes. <laughs> yep. Just like the Cats movie. Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so there we go. There's some news. I'm excited to see where this goes. I'd quite like it to all be a, an elaborate prank. Like, they announced this incredible cast, and then like, everyone goes to the cinema, and it's really just them being like, Taylor really? going to be in Cats, did you? Yeah. Please. <laughs> you thought we were going to do that? <laughs> Seriously. I just can't imagine, like... The conversation that one of Taylor Swift's reps had with her, and they're like, you know you want to get into acting, Taylor. You did that 
Valentine's Day movie a few years ago, but you've not yeah. you've not done much acting since. No, we thought hasn't. your return to the screen should really be in a movie that's a musical about she, about cats. She does like cats. The animals. Oh my god, she does like cats. She a loves lot. the animal cats. She does. Her Meredith Grey and Olivia Benson. Yeah. She loves them. If anything, actually, she's been training for this role for All years. All her life, you'd yeah. say. Interesting, interesting. Some more film news is that Lin-Manuel Miranda, because he's not busy enough already, has agreed to direct a film adaptation of Tick, Tick, Boom, which is Jonathan Larson's lesser-known musical, you might say. The book writer from Dear Evan Hansen, Stephen Levinson, is writing the screen adaptation. Lin-Manuel is producing it with various people, including Ron Howard, who I like a lot. Obviously, Lin-Manuel starred in Tick, Tick, Boom when they did the encores production of it a few years ago, so obviously he knows it quite well. It should be good. I'm excited about it. Yeah. I don't know too much about Tick, Tick, Boom, but as you know, I like Jonathan Larson's work quite a lot. So I think this will be good, and I'm excited that Lin-Manuel is getting into directing because... Although, I would rather him write another musical, to be honest. Well, he's clearly doing something. He's been workshopping something. He's clearly doing something. What is it? Something he says we'll know in less than five years. That's too long to wait, isn't it? I mean, it could be next week, couldn't it? Less than five years is Could be any day now. and broad. Could be any day now. Next bit of news is that Matt Doyle is going to star in the world premiere of the new musical The Heart of Rock and Roll, which is a jukebox musical based on the music of Huey Lewis and the news. And this is going to open in San Diego this autumn, presumably for a Broadway transfer following that. So Matt Doyle will play Bobby, who's a former rocker who trades in his guitar for a steady job in corporate America. So that's exciting. And I hope it comes to Broadway because Matt Doyle deserves all the things. And also it could then be an original cast recording that I would never listen to otherwise, but it's just nice True. to hear his voice on True. things. You're willing to overlook your hatred general yeah, hatred of jukebox musicals if you get a Matt Doyle cast recording now. Yeah. Or you know what? Maybe it doesn't have to go to Broadway and it could just come straight to the West End with Matt Doyle. Maybe it could. Maybe he'd he'd like a little trip over here. The final piece of news is that Alexandra Burke, who recently appeared in Chess at the Coliseum, is going to be playing Roxy Hart in Chicago in the West End. So she's joining the current cast, which includes Martin Kemp, Maz Murray, and Josephina Gabrielle as Velma Kelly. Alexandra is taking over from Monday the 13th of August until Saturday the 14th of October. If you do particularly want to see Martin Kemp, he's only going to be there until the 1st of September, so get in there quick, all you Kemp fans. There must be some of you out there. (laughs) Yes. We've still not seen this, but we were just discussing before recording that Alexandra Burke might make us go and see it because she was very good in chess. I'll wait till they announce who's replacing Martin Kemp and then decide whether I go pre or post Kemp. It just makes me sad because, I mean, this is nothing against Martin Kemp. I just one of the greatest actors of of, our age of course yeah and singers I'm sure and dancers and just generally charming folks my issue is I wish they would stop stunt casting this show and just make it a good show yeah but I I feel like they just haven't from obviously we haven't seen the show from everything I've read they just haven't really tried with this production it's just exactly the same as before it's a great score yeah the film is fantastic. And I mean, I'm sure I, if I went, I'd have a really good night. But it's like, why haven't they tried to do something new and fresh? Yeah, because it's not, like... It's a good story, and it's a great score, and I feel like you could do so much yeah. more with it than they do on stage. Totally. Yep. And, like, this casting, I would... 
totally if they were doing like something really interesting like with it and this it, was a casting i'd be fine with it yeah it sort of feel like i equated in my head with like mamma mia which i would never see but it's but not they don't stunt cast mamma mia they ever. don't stunt cast mamma mia but in my head they're the same sort of like level of production do you know yeah. what i mean just sort of a bit tired yeah which is weird like why bother bringing it back if you're you not going to do, the do same anything thing again yeah yeah i know disappointing should have hired us as producers yeah obviously mm-hmm. we've got some ideas for you so this week's review is Fun Home at the Young Vic, which we saw last week. It was, I think, definitely the best thing I've seen this year. Probably one of the best things they've seen ever. I would agree. It was amazing. We were front row centre, like a foot away from the stage. It was crazy. I think that did help to like we were, I was so present. Like yeah. Like I I very rarely go to a show and don't at some point just like get distracted by someone in the audience making the noise or like a light in the corner it was a very well behaved audience it's a very well behaved audience very fantastic audience um but normally i like my mind wanders a little bit like for not one second was i focused on anything other than what was going on on stage i think being so close did help but i think also it was just such an engaging show yeah so the show is based on a graphic novel by alison bechdel and it is basically told through her eyes as she is a grown-up, say kind of about 40-ish, and and she's looking back on her childhood and her college life and her relationship with her parents, particularly her father. And so you see her at these three different ages and the older Alison is always on stage um, and kind, kind of a narrator figure. Yeah, I would, I would go with that. Yeah, and... I think, in a way, part of the reason that I felt so focused is because there was always kind of two different things going on on the stage at the same time. Mm. The action of whatever was happening with the young Alison and whatever relationship she was talking about. Mm -hmm. But then you've always got big Alison who's kind of reacting to everything and quite often, like, speaking along with what's going on in the main action-y bit. It's quite hard to describe, but I basically, I think that it was because there was always two different things that you could focus on and yeah. two different kind of emotional yes. like weights on stage or quite often two different emotional weights so it could be you know a quite happy childhood memory and then you kind of glance over and obviously with hindsight things are different yes. and with it's just like i think it's so cleverly crafted it's so well done and the kind of pace it takes and the way that it's a very it's a very specific story, but it taps into all the things yes. of like nostalgia yep. and just, like, just relationships like, yeah. and family. Her relationship with her father was particularly complicated for yeah. various reasons, but it speaks to so many people's relationship with their parents. So when, yeah. when that feeling of going off to college and feeling that distance for the yeah. first time, and and the moment you realise your parents are people rather yes. than just your yeah, parents, absolutely. And wishing your relationship with them was different after you've sort of grown apart. Yeah. And, all and looking kind of back at moments all the time and thinking, yes. like, what if I'd done this differently? What could I have done differently? And what yeah. wasn't I knowing in this moment? What did I say that yeah. could have been really hurtful? Yes. But because you're just like, I'm the most important person. Oh, I'm a teenager. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd heard a few of the songs from Fun Home before going to see it. And I had read the graphic novel. Mm-hmm. But I think I wasn't ready for... Like, I'd liked the songs, but in a kind of passive way. Yeah. And I wasn't ready... So let's, I think... let's talk about the score. Yeah. So it's written by... Music by Janine Tesori and book and lyrics by Lisa Cron. Cron? Cron. It's a bit like Cron. Cron's more yeah. fun. I'm going to say Cron. Um, 
And I agree in that I'd listened to um, so I listened to Ring of Keys before and I listened to Telephone Wire, but I hadn't listened to the score all the way through. I think um, you have to sort of see it on stage to be able to. It's it's quite complicated to listen to because you don't sort of. It's hard to pick out the different Allisons unless you're watching it on stage. Yeah. And parts of it uh, have a hint of that kind of Sondheim thing where it's just a little bit. It's not that tuneful. It's very pleasant yes. to listen. It's not as discordant as Sondheim. But in that, like, it's not meant to sound particularly pretty. At that point, it's meant to sound quite conversational. So yes. kind of to listen to it, you're like, eh. Yes. A little bit. Yeah. But watching it is all, and it, always the, great. What I found was the cast recording can't capture, like, the little... Actually, to be fair, it does quite a good job because um, it does have a lot of dialogue and a lot of spoken mm. bits and pieces on the cast recording as well. But I feel like some of the most impactful musical moments for me were just like 10 second snippets of Big Allison singing like a repeated motif that she yeah. sings all the way through. That, that you just, it's just not the same on the cast recording because it's yeah. literally 10 seconds. Um, so I think, I mean, it's still, obviously still good to listen to it. I mean, there are some great songs. But I would say if you can see it, Yes, it's, definitely see it. It's just, it was one of the most emotionally powerful things I've ever yes. seen on stage. I, I can't remember the, the last time or if ever I've been that emotionally affected. Like no. when it finished, I kind of felt like a little bit of me was broken. Like yes. I've never felt that connected to something. Yes. And and just like, there's something you know is going to, ha- like I don't want to give too many spoilers, but yes. there's something you know is going to happen. From the very from beginning. Really, really, really early on. And then it kind of plays out. And you'd think that you'd be like, yeah, I knew this was going to happen. But I just... It was... um, It really, like it... And maybe it is that thing if we were so close to it, but it felt so real. Like, I felt that pain in a way that I can't think that I have. And it's something to do with how the music isn't... So they've got a lovely live band stuff, but it's never... Or very rarely overly rich. Like, it's quite... The songs are quite... It's quite simple and pepper. Yeah. mm. And and so you really focus in on the person because you're not it's it's not trying and the, to the, do loads of different things from a production really... standpoint. The sound balance was fantastic, so the lyrics mm. were really clear and the lighting the, was oh, stunning. Let's talk about the stage in a second because I want to talk oh. about that moment when the stage the thing went up. Yes, and, I was like, and that was oh. all that stage. Um, but firstly, let's talk about the cast. Yes. So Big Allison was played by Kaiser Hammerland, who was absolutely phenomenal incredible her voice was beautiful her acting was incredible there was, she's like i just can't she was say like, enough she was words. so because she is quite often she was just kind of sat on the floor literally yeah. kind of at the back of the stage yeah but i found myself drawn to her so much and her physicality i think like how yeah, she had she clearly just... worked with medium allison as well who yes. was played by elena kane like and small allison to a certain extent but like to have the same sort of physicality and yeah. like they held themselves in the same way and there's a moment and like... where you can sort of see in Big Allison you can still see some of Medium Allison's mannerisms mm. but there's a moment where uh, Big Allison sort of sings a song she sings Telephone Wire which is she it's hard to explain but Medium <laughs> Allison actually had that moment with her father but Big Allison sings the song and there's a moment where she literally you can like see her like stance change yeah. as she like sort of reverts to medium Allison to sing this song. It was so clever and so well done. Yeah. Um. I just like she just like was she just was the character. She like, completely she disappeared was. into it. Like I couldn't. I didn't just didn't see a single. I mean, I don't know much about her as a person, or obviously no. or as an actress, but I just couldn't see any 
It was completely just yeah. her on stage. Like, not remotely, like, self-conscious at any point. It was just... It was... She was so, so good. Yeah. Eleanor Kane was also fantastic. Yeah. Had a lot of, like, weighty material to deal with, and I thought did very well. Also very nice voice. And just played the sort of awkwardness of that stage of life when you feel like when you're 18 and you're, like, discovering yourself very, very yeah. well. Yeah. We have to say... Oh, yeah. So many good things oh. mm. about Harriet Turnbull and mm. Little Allison. She was so cute and so, so cute. good. Like her little belt. So confident. She was just. I I don't know how anybody is that confident at eleven. Yeah. She was just incredible, absolutely incredible. And it's a really interestingly run show because a lot of weight is put on. So small Allison and her two brothers. Who yeah. Are also, so you've got these three kids who are probably all within the ages of like nine to 12 yeah probably and it's not like they're not just kind of like token they have a lot of songs and they mm. have to really hold the show together and the show is written of like it really suits their voice it's written very well for children but it also doesn't let them just get away with kind of barely any tune or like like yeah they it have doesn't, to be they, able to sing they have yeah. to be able to sing they have to be able to dance and have a little bit of you know they have to have the character and the humor and everything and those all three of the kids and i'm sure the because i think they have two sets of three yes i'm sure the other lot are amazing too but they just yeah i i don't understand how children can do that <laughs> but like there's just so, so much talented. and also even just thinking about particularly the small Alison, yeah. I guess less so the, the boys, she doesn't, she's not let off the sort of weightier themes of the show. No, she's really not. So it's quite a lot for a small kid to yeah. be thinking about. and. Do. It's just a lot of lines. It's, it's just, it's it a is lot a lot. Of, she's back and forth on the stage, yeah. or like throughout the show. And she like... much time off stage. Yeah, and she basically like opens. She does. Just like, like so um, isolated. Yeah. yeah, she was incredible. She yeah. was so good so good so like don't be put off by kids because these kids and it's the show is written so well for yeah that you know for what they can do yeah but they could also do anything like those kids <laughs> could do anything we have to talk about Zubin Vala what a name Zubin what? Zubin Vala as Alison's dad who was just goes through such a transformation and has to somehow like he was a difficult man to know at times, I'm sure. I mean, you're, you're told that in the show. But he has to, at the same time, be... You have to understand why Alison would still care about him and still want to maintain the relationship mm-hmm. and have regrets about their relationship. And so he, it's, he's got a very, very difficult task to have this warmth, but also a real dark side. Part of why the show works so well is that you learn, as the show goes on, that Alison and her dad were really similar in a lot of ways, but they yeah. lived, they grew up in very different times. Yeah. And I think it's a really interesting look at how surroundings impact a person and how, like, maybe if he was a father today... Yeah. He would be so much better because he would be so yeah. much happier in himself. He wouldn't have so much internalised hate and yes. anger. yes. And, and stuff so he wouldn't just like snap because he yeah. loved his kids he clearly did he did but he, there was so much he was dealing with his, in, in, in his, his own, own life yeah, absolutely. that he just couldn't be 100% present as a father yeah and the way that Zubin Vala kind of played all those different layers and mm. you kind of saw all the different kind of angles coming out at mm. different times was like mm. the, the way they make it like it's written so well and he performed it so well to make you like he's awful to his kids and he's awful to his wife at several points during the yeah. show but 
you sort of still understand the way that the reason why he's been that way yeah. and, and sympathy for him and why they still love him yes. as well like the thing of it's not just a little girl wanting to please her father it's like because there is this really deep love there and there are these really beautiful moments mm. and there's all these lovely aspects but yeah it, it really treads that line really really well of like relationships aren't always easy but that doesn't mean that the love's not there yeah and in a really deep way and i just think it's just really beautifully written it's it's i feel like fun home is maybe the show for people who think they hate musicals Mm -hmm. because it's like it feels it's so so deeply like yeah but it's like it's kind of crafted as theater it's so theater and then they just happen to be singing and that gives you this window into the thoughts that you might not get if it but like it could also very easily be a really intense straight play Yes, you know, like, could. but it just, but the songs give you this layer and this kind of way of playing with time with things a little bit differently. I just think it's so beautifully crafted. I'm so glad that it's come here and that we got to see it in a quite small venue. So I'd yes. say if you can get tickets to it while I was in the Young Vic, I think there are a few available. And I think they're doing a Today Text thing. Yes. Do do that. Definitely. We need to talk about the stage. We do. So the staging it's obviously it's at the Young Vex where it's quite a small space but they still managed to have a turntable in there I love a turntable and then I don't want to sort of ruin it but there's this moment so a lot of the action is sort of set in the family home and you sort of hear that it's like you you know it's quite a big house and you know the furniture is quite ornate but you don't sort of get the scale of it and then in the second I was going to say in the second act there is no second act yeah there is no interval it's straight through there is no interval in the sort of second half of the show there's like a moment where oh it's really hard to explain without ruining it it's just just, there's a really cool moment where you see the sort of scale of the house for the first time and there's very clever stuff with staging yeah it was incredible really every aspect of it there's so much thought in every aspect and i really hope this gets a west end transfer it has to surely it deserves one something needs to be announced something needs to be announced yeah it's not running for much longer I don't yeah think. it closes the first of september so really it's only got another month i really hope we see a west and western transfer in you soon because this needs a wider audience and it's just, it's so just people need to see it, it really was and there's so many things closing on the west end in january they let's really just are. plug the gap with they some really quality are. let's let's stick is... it in the phoenix after chicago phoenix has come from away oh of course it does we discussed adelphi that. after kinky boots Savoy after Dreamgirls. Mm. Quite a small cast, which needs quite a small... We've not talked about Jenna Russell. Jenna Russell. Even, yeah, you know the cast is good. You know everything is great when Jenna Russell is the Jenna person Russell is also in this show as and Alison's mum. And it's fantastic. Because she's just, Jenna Russell. Because she's Jenna Russell, but... It, hit, it knocks out of the park. She's because, like sixth on the list of amazing things about this show, yeah. which says something. Because yeah. she was sort of... The, not the reason why I'm going to see it. But, but we, we were so like, excited oh, when she was cast. It. Yes, and she was like, yeah, she's like, great, but... Yeah everybody else was just out yeah. of this world when she was cast like we know she's amazing but everyone else like yeah. f- stepped up and then some i also just like that it was written by women yeah go it's, women it's a very strong female story yes so yes go and see it hopefully it announces a transfer to the west end soon if not try as hard as you can to get tickets to the young Vic production because i think the the small space just makes it so much more intimate and so much more powerful yeah, I completely agree. Could not Hooray recommend it for fun home. more. Yeah. 
So now we're going to finish off the 1960s. We are. With a show that I feel like is the most 60s of anything. Yes. Hair. 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 That's my favourite song from Hair. That's it's, your favourite song from Hair? That's my favourite song from Hair. It's Hair. Interesting. Yeah. That is not my favourite song jumping from Hair. The, we're but... jumping the gun here. So Hair is sort of, it defined a generation. It, like you said, it is the most 60s show you can possibly imagine. It was written and opened at a time when the country was deeply divided over the Vietnam War. It sort of represents the spirit of the hippie generation um, who refused to conform and refused to support the war in Vietnam. It was written by Jerome Ragney and James Rado? Rado? Rado. Rado, sure. Music by Galt McDermott and lyrics by Jerome Ragney and James Rado. It opened at the Biltmore Theatre in April 1968. Interestingly, one of her central relationships is the relationship between Claude, who is sort of mild-mannered and a bit of a romantic, and Berger, who is much more volatile and can be angry and a bit reactionary. And that sort of mirrors the relationship between Jerome Ragney and James Rado, which is quite interesting. So, like, they had some ups and downs in their friendship, and that is mirrored in the relationship between Claude and Berger. Essentially, the story of her follows a group or a tribe of young people who are very anti-war they meet and they're sharing their experiences and they find freedom and also (laughs) drugs and sex (laughs) and all the same really all the kind of same and then everything sort of changes when claude joins the army very bad news very bad indeed what are you doing claude so yeah that's what hair is about very much of its time but like they think the score is actually quite I think it's quite modern in a lot of ways. I would agree, yeah. I think it's a real shift from the sort of musicals that have been seen up to there. It's a little bit more... I don't want to say poppy, because it's not... But it's much less Rodgers and Hammerstein yeah. and much more, like, rock, pop yeah. sort of musical of I think the it, modern era. It's that thing of it starting to just kind of sound a bit more like the music that was on the radio at the time. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about the score. There are some huge songs from her. So there's Aquarius, which is obviously... Everybody knows the song Aquarius. There's I've Got Life, which is the song from the Muller advert. A great song. There is... Let the Sun Shine In. Let the Sun Shine In, another great song. Where Do I Go. Where Do I Go. There's some lesser known songs as well that I love. Her, the title song, is my favourite. I also really like Frank Mills. I like Going Down. I like I Believe in Love. There's some really, really great ones. So the show kind of represented revolution and was quite revolutionary itself. It was the first time that a show had a completely racially integrated story and production and there was inclusion of a lot of um, sort of story arcs and characters that hadn't been seen on stage before. So there's a lot of nudity, um, drug Mm -hmm. taking. Mass um, nudity, you might say. Yes. Mm kind of lgbt characters and not necessarily the most kind of pro-america thing to open on broadway at the time so i think it was quite shocking to the older theater goers of yeah, the age very 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 different to what they will have seen on broadway before yeah in the late 1960s yeah leonard bernstein actually walked out when he went to see it apparently even john lennon thought it was dull but the sort of the impact of hair cannot be denied i think it had a massive impact at the time on social change. Obviously, a lot of the songs were popular in the charts at the time. 
we should mention both the 2009 revival starring Gavin Creel as Claude, my favourite, Will Swenson as Berger, various other people in the cast including Cassie Levy, Alison Case, Andrew Cober, lots of other people. And that production did actually transfer to the West End very briefly. I didn't see it because I didn't live in London at the time, tragically. I had just moved to London but didn't see it because I didn't have a clue what I was doing. We should also mention that they are making hair into a live musical in the grand tradition of Jesus Christ Superstar, Mm. etc. Which will, I think it's May 2019. And it's going to be directed by Diane Paulus who directed the latest Broadway revival. So that's exciting. I'm excited to see what she'll do with it. I'm excited to see who they'll cast... I think we've talked about this before. Yeah, because... they're going to make Harry Styles Claude. This is the second mention of, of the episode. We don't... We, we like but Harry Styles, but I we're not in love could. with him. I think he would be a great Claude, I think he'd be really good as Claude. I think they should make he's him got He's got great voice. The vocals, he's got the hair. He's got the face. He's got a good old face. He's got he? a good face. He's a good... He's a good egg. He's just a good egg. Ball bulletin. So we've got some exciting Michael Ball news this week. And that is that he is one of the new hosts of This Morning... So, along with Sarah Cox, he will be filling in for certain shows. So, he did Friday's show instead of Ruth and Eamon. And will presumably be doing more slots in if the future. If it goes well, then I let's mean, hope he reappears. Yeah, I love Michael Ball, but obviously Holly and to Phil. Watch this morning for him. I mean, I love This Morning, but for Holly and Phil. Of I course. watch a lot of clips of This Morning because, like... You never know what you're going to get, do it's, you? You don't. They're a great, a like great someone, little duo. Maybe someone's like married a kettle. Vegetable. You don't know, do yeah, you? No. You need to watch this morning. Yeah. But I would much rather see Michael Ball than Eamon Holmes. So. Yes, me too. <laughs> Any other business? I finished two books this week. I Check finished. I finished Eleanor on the Front is Completely Fine, which was very enjoyable, very easy to read. And then I finished in about three days. I read This Is Going to Hurt, which is... Um, written by Adam Kay it's the diaries yes, of a junior doctor in the NHS very very funny again very easy to read couldn't put it down really just addictive although I know far too much about various like birthing disorders and mishaps that can happen now then I ever wish to now I'm kind of a little bit scared bit to give birth ever I've also been watching season 2 of The Crown which I haven't watched before oh, and good. I'm enjoying immensely it's good I am glad to report that Love Island is finishing soon so um, that time of my life is nearly over i'm really happy for you i'm happy for me too it has taken over a little bit i started a new podcast which i recommend but depending on your taste in podcasts so it's called punch up the jam which is presented by a woman called miel and demi adijuibe who if anyone ever listened to gilmore guys who's one of the gilmore guys and he's also written for like the good place and stuff and basically they take songs and talk about them and why they're weird or slightly not great and then improve them basically is the general gist That's and there's some really fun episodes there's an episode on short people by randy newman which is obviously one of the best songs ever written mm-hmm. so that's a great episode they did party in the usa Miley cyrus um there are some songs that you have never listened to the lyrics for like they did semi-charm kind of life and that song is fucked up that is not okay. And I listened to that song quite a lot when I was younger, but just never, never knew what they were saying. So if you enjoy, like, ripping to shreds songs that you will still like afterwards, but just know that you should hate, it's quite a fun podcast. So maybe check it out. Listen to the ones that you know. I can't imagine I'll listen to ones for songs I don't know, but it's fun when it's a song that you're, you are familiar with, just to realise 
how weird the things we listen to are. Mm-hmm. That's fun. I think that's it for this week. I think so. We're going to go now and try and not melt in the heat of London at the moment. Yay. Because it's horrific here. Hooray. Hopefully it's cooled down by next week, although I doubt it. Yay. Bye. Bye. Bye.